And welcome in, everybody. Glad you found us. This is the Toddcast here on RamblinRec.com. Andy Demetra, Athletic Director Todd Stansberry. Uh, I guess you could say, Todd, a special edition because I, I hope that we never have a another Toddcast that are recorded in these circumstances again. But uh, obviously, it's been a, quite a whirlwind last couple of weeks in, in college athletics and sports at large. i uh, got a lot of ground to cover. Thanks to all of you Yellow Jacket fans who are riding this out with us. I know there are no such things as uh, two days alike in the life of an athletic director, Todd, but how are things uh, from you in what is no longer the corner office for you? Well, things got crazy in a hurry. It's hard to believe that a week and a half ago, our student athletes were leaving campus to go on spring break and uh, how quickly things changed and we're in this really uh bizarre space right now where um obviously uh we're not normally we're in the same room when we do this and you know now who knows where everybody is but um it's uh it's definitely uh gonna be a great chapter in the book that's for sure i don't know if you were aware of this but back in 1918 Georgia Tech had at least one, and I, I think if I read correctly, two football games canceled because of the Spanish flu pandemic, one of which was a game against Penn in Philadelphia, but too many Penn players had fallen ill with the Spanish flu to render the game playable. So the athletic director at that time in 1918 was also the head football coach. It was John Heisman. So now you and John Heisman uh, both can swap some notes on what it's like to uh, to lead an athletic department in a time of a national health crisis? Well, unfortunately, he didn't leave me any notes on how to deal with something like this, um, which would have been helpful. Uh, yeah, you know, I, obviously, it's a little bit disappointing in hindsight for John Heisman. I think that might uh, might be smirked his legacy just somewhat. Um, give us a sense, though, of what these last couple of weeks, though, have been like for you, Todd, as, as an athletic director well, last week was really spent uh, just trying to figure out kind of what, you know, how to deal with uh, the, the today um, and making a lot of significant decisions had to be made, obviously, um, at, and we were following uh, kind of the Institute's lead and, and um, the university system of Georgia was uh, providing us guidance on 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 what we were uh, what we were going to do, and of course we're following you know the CDC and other public health authorities, and and so last week was kind of uh, just trying to figure out okay we've got 400 plus student athletes that are having to leave campus, and a week from now we're going to be uh, continuing their studies totally uh remotely online and so it was really okay how do we support them make sure they got what they have what they need um from an academic support standpoint and then also sports medicine uh strength and conditioning nutrition uh how are we going to be able to do all the things that we normally do to support our student athletes um remotely so uh, that was last week, and then this week is like now um, that as we've the various units that support student athletes have been putting plans in place. Now it's execution time, and uh, so a lot of remote meetings, a lot of conference calls, um, a lot of 
developing contingency plans, and it's definitely been been an interesting uh, 10, 11 days, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. I I feel like if this whole crisis and, and how athletic departments, sports leagues have had to adjust, it does kind of underscore that sports sometimes gets derided as being these superfluous events, but they mean so much not only as an economic driver, but as an emotional ballast to so many people uh, and not having them and, and not knowing when we'll get them back kind of underscores again how, how important Georgia Tech sports are and sports in large are to society, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's um, and, and I think that's what puts us really in um, uh, uncharted territory in that sport is usually the thing that in times of crisis uh, brings us together. It's a place for us to, you know, disappear from our, you know, day-to-day problems for uh, an hour, two hours, three hours. And it's uh, uh, an opportunity for communities to rally behind something. And so for that to just totally disappear really over the course of about 48 hours, not only locally and nationally, but internationally, um, is, is something that not only is unprecedented, I don't think that anybody could have ever foreseen um, a day when there were no live sports anywhere in the world taking these. Um, tell us how you've kind of been communicating with the student athletes throughout this all. Sure. Well, we um, one of the, uh, I guess, um, positives in this is that last week our student athletes were scheduled to be off for spring break anyway. So um, for them, I got to think that while it was uh, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, their surroundings may have been a little bit different. They at least, um, you know, were were taking a week off, which was already scheduled. And um, so the way with it we've been um, uh, communicating is, uh, you know, basically using everything we've got as far as, um, uh, you know, phone calls, texts, uh, FaceTime. Um, and now we're incorporating all kinds of, other technologies that allows us to quite frankly do what we're doing right now. Um, but they've been hearing from our, their academic support, um, people as we set up tutoring for them going forward. Um, they've heard from sports medicine because one of the things that we, you know, our, our, our first priority in all this was making sure that our student athletes were safe. And, um, and so where are they, uh, where will they be? Uh, making sure that um, they're they're in a, a, a place of safety, and uh, then and, and so our our sports medicine people have been in touch with them, our uh, uh, mental health uh, professionals. Because well, you know, a week ago it was going into spring break. Now all of a sudden this is is becoming a new reality. So there's obviously going to be some anxiety associated with it. Heck, I feel anxiety about it. So um, making sure that we've got our support systems in place and are reaching out to student athletes. Obviously, they're hearing from their coaches uh, pretty much on a daily, maybe more than a daily basis. Um, Strength and conditioning uh, went in the mode of 
of starting to create um, workouts that uh, with no gyms available in in most communities and how do we uh, how do we help them stay in shape? And I know that we've our strength and conditioning staff's gotten pretty creative. I saw a clip of um, uh, Coach Lou actually uh, showing how you can do front squats using his two kids. So there's been uh, uh, a lot of communication with our student athletes, uh, maybe over communication, but I think given the situation and so many unknowns, uh, the more we communicate with them, the better. Yeah, and you raise an interesting point because a lot of these student athletes, they're back uh, in their hometowns with their families. But for those student athletes who were in the midst of rehab, I mean, this completely, you know, upsets the, the routine that they had had when they were on campus. And so you got to tip your cap to the sports medicine professionals uh, who work with Georgia Tech to, to make sure that they stay on their regimen, that they adapt when needed uh, so that they can continue the gains that they've been making so that they can get back on the field, on the court, uh, a lot of adaptability that's being shown maybe in ways that, that the common fan isn't seeing right now by folks like sports medicine and, and your academic advisors. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and also nutrition, I know our, our um, head of nutrition has been in communication with our student athletes, one, making sure that they've got what they need. Uh, obviously they're, they're used to eating on a training table and where we, you know, uh, are in, 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 in control of their, their diets. And, and, um, and so how do we make sure that regardless of where they are, whether they're in their apartments or in, um, in their communities, uh, at home, uh, that they're able to get access to, um, you know, whether it's the, uh, you know, the protein shakes and all the things that they have, access to when they're with us on campus. Um, so we're also looking at, you know, how do we, how do we get them what they may need if it's not available to them at home? And does that mean we've got to, you know, uh, ship out, uh, protein shakes to various student athletes. And so those are all the logistical things that over the last week we've been, you know, trying to figure out how do we, uh, provide them with all the support um, that they typically get um, in a remote situation. And this is uncharted territory for pretty much everybody, uh, coaches included. So uh, how often are you communicating with, uh, with the coaches at Tech? We, uh, you know, normally we have a monthly coaches meeting. And um, I think you know, in the last week, uh, we've probably had five coaches meetings. Um, okay. So uh, we we are definitely trying to over communicate, and also, I mean, uh, this this situation evolves so quickly and actually continues to evolve, and there's still a lot more questions than answers. So um, we're in constant communication with our coaches, our executive staff, our senior staff, um, because we're we're having to manage on a number of different levels because obviously um, following the Institute's lead and, um, and USG as far as uh, what's going on on campus, but then you've got the conference, um, you know, decisions that are being made at the ACC uh, conference level and then the NCAA level. So uh, there every day there's multiple um, conference calls 
uh, and meetings at all, you know, that are institute wide, that are uh, conference wide, that are NCAA um, uh, nationwide, and then being able to uh, take all that and make sure that we're communicating that to um, our executive staff and our coaches and then our and our student athletes. So definitely a a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. And uh, so for the last week and a half, um, it's literally almost been nothing but uh, uh, meetings and then communicating the outcomes of those meetings to our various uh, constituents. Since I'm a broadcaster and broadcasters like statistics, you got to indulge my curiosity about, about, about how many conference calls are you averaging now? Um, I day? would yeah, I would say uh, we're pro- I'm probably at four or five, and those are you know an hour and a half, two hours each. So it pretty much it fills up a whole day, and um, and which means that uh, for the last week and a half, it's been all about meetings, and I'm hoping that um, uh, as things become clearer, we'll it, we'll be able to. Um, you know, get to the execution piece, uh, as well as, uh, without events going on right now, I've charged, uh, our, our, our staff and coaches, what are some of those strategic priorities that we always try to get to, but whether it's bandwidth time or whatever, um, we aren't able to get to. So also I'd like, uh, you know, one of the things that we're looking at is how do we take care of those, some of those, um, strategic projects that have, been on the shelf for a long time that we know we just have to get done. Interesting. Yeah, I guess you have the time to do it. So why not? Well, we hope at this point, I thought I'd have the time to do it and I'm hoping we'll get there. And that's, that's hopefully as this thing maybe becomes a little bit more um, uh, predictable, uh, we'll be able to get to those. Yeah. As things get as normalized as possible and what will still be an abnormal situation, what what can coaches do right now? And is that guidance being given from the NCA, from the individual uh, institutions? What what exactly can coaches do and not do right now? Well, right now, uh, basically, there can be no organized, um, there can be no formal athletics activities that are required. So uh, coaches aren't able to uh, uh, require uh, student athletes to work out at a certain time. And, and so everything, however, um, outside of formal athletic activities, everything is available. So, uh, uh, everything is, um, is open for, for coaches to be engaged with student athletes. And, and right now, I mean, I was, a you know, I was a former, former athlete and you go from a incredibly structured, um, life to one where you know you're you're maybe in your in your hometown t- and it's not like you can even go to your high school and work out with your former former teammates at the high school you're because of um the social distancing i mean you may be in your home and so it's really important that our coaches and our and our support staff are in constant communication with our student athletes so that they stay engaged um, so that they're doing the things that they need to do. Because I look at it as right now, are, we got three priorities. And the first one is obviously the safety of our, our student athletes 
and our staff and our coaches. Um, and then uh, the, the second one is, you know, how do we provide them with the support they need so that they are, uh, are, are going to be in a position to get back to business um, when we can do that, not knowing when that's going to be. And then, you know, the third thing, and so a lot of that is making sure that they continue to do what they need to do um, academically so that they're um, academically eligible uh, so that they they stay in good health or they get healthy if they've been injured. Um, but we do all those things to basically um, keep them moving in the right direction, uh, knowing that um, there will come a time and we don't know necessarily when that it's going to be go time. And so ultimately we want to make sure that when we get the green light, these kids are ready to go. Mm-hmm. From from being in contact with with all your coaches, how, how's the morale been among them, especially the the spring sports coaches? Well, obviously, incredibly dis- the spring sports coaches, and uh, we're all broken hearted for those spring sport um, student athletes, and especially the seniors. Uh, that um, and, and so, but I got to say, our coaches are are positive. Um, they're, they're being incredibly patient, uh, knowing that this is unprecedented, uh, this is unprecedented public health crisis and, and first things first, which is safety and keeping people healthy and not putting people at risk. Um, uh, and, um, and it's, and they're very engaged. Uh, They're very much, um, uh, in contact with their, with their players and, and making sure that they're okay. Um, but the, the, the coaches are awesome. I mean, uh, they, you know, they practice what they preach and, and, and that's, uh, you know, as you look at this, uh, this whole thing, philosophically, so many of the things that we believe that you learn by participating in intercollegiate athletics is at, at this level is, you know, how to deal with unpredictability and, and, um, you know, getting knocked down and having to get back up and mental toughness and how to manage your own time and, and resiliency and teamwork and commitment to goals and discipline, all those things are what we're all having to practice right now. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's it, 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 it's one of those things where, as coaches and administrators and 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 lead and leaders and and whatever your role is, all the things that we're having to deal with um, with this, you know, totally unprecedented situation are all the things that we believe we're teaching our student athletes through participation in, in, in sport at, um, at a place like Georgia tech. So Georgia tech right now has moved to distance learning. How has that changed with your academic staff? Because there's so much face-to-face tutoring that goes on academic support that all has to be moved remotely. So how, how has that aspect of the student athlete experience changed now at tech? I am so incredibly impressed and proud of our academic support staff. Um, they uh, immediately, when it was determined that we would be going to um, distance learning, 
um, as of March 30th, they immediately went to work on figuring out, okay, how are we going to provide our student athletes with the support they need, the tutoring, the study hall, all those kinds of things. And um, over the last week, they've been uh, implementing the technology necessary, making sure that it was easy for our student athletes uh, to, to get the apps that they need to be able to communicate, similar to how we're communicating right now. Um, communicated with all of our tutors to make sure that they're up and running and ready to go. And as of today, we, we go online, uh, distance learning, March 30th. As of today, we have 285 tutoring sessions already scheduled. Wow. Um, incredible. Incredible. And, and one of the silver linings in this is that I believe that once we get through this, we're going to learn some things um, through this whole distance learning and, and academic support. Um, uh, delivered remotely that we will probably uh, continue to use. Um, I, I think it, it gives us other tools in the tool belt um, that we may not have had before that you got to remember for these student athletes, this is where they live anyways. You know, whether it's FaceTime and all the different apps that they use. So while it may be a little, uh, you know, a little outside of our comfort zone, uh, this is something that they're actually a lot more comfortable with than we are. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Anybody individually you want to shout out from academic uh, services who deserves uh, some, uh, uh, some Toddcast kudos? Well, you know, Phyllis, who is a senior associate for academic support, um, is just an incredible leader. Um, and the reason that we have a model program and the way, and the reason that we have a, 90% graduation rate and our APR, we're one of, we're, we're the only uh, autonomy five school in the country that um, whose um, academic performance rate uh, is above um, the national average in every sport. So while I shouldn't be surprised at what they've been able to accomplish in a week, um, it's, it, it's definitely uh uh, pretty impressive. Well, good. We can give Phyllis LeBlanc, for, uh, senior associate AD for academic services, the uh, the Toddcast bump that is a that is coveted. And of course, she's got an incredible staff, and um, that that whole and you know that's where I started my career in athletics was in, on the academic side, and so uh, I'm just in awe of what she's been able to do and what her team has been able to do in such a short period of time, and. And because uh, I don't think there's anybody that understands the difficulties of of uh, of academic support at a place like Georgia Tech than I do. And, yeah, no, I, I'm in awe. Yeah, the, the settings change, but the standards certainly do not if you're a Georgia Tech student athlete. Um, let's continue with, I know, a question that's on a lot of Tech fans' minds, college football fans' minds. Some are speculating, as I'm sure you're aware, Todd, that, that the football season might be in jeopardy. What, what, what are your thoughts at this time? My thoughts are that, uh, you know, we're preparing like uh, like once we get through the spring, uh, that we're, we're, we're going back to business. And so um, we're preparing for our, our freshmen to show up. Uh, for our summer bridge program, uh, we're you know we're preparing as if um, you know we'll be fully up and running um, for uh, for summer camp. 
and um, and our and our freshmen will will be here, and and so that's what we're we're preparing for, knowing that there's always the possibility that things get pushed back based on uh, where we are and 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 what our public health officials um, uh, deem as as being safe. But uh, we're you know so I think while we're you know preparing various contingencies where it's like what you always do is you know, you, you prepare for the worst hope for the best gotcha and and there's also been some chatter about the spring sports seasons that have been suspended maybe moving those seasons to the fall like baseball and, and softball and and golf even uh, have you heard anything to that effect I really haven't uh, and that's not to say that those conversations aren't going on, but, uh, uh, you know, we've been so immersed in kind of the now that uh, uh, I haven't been in those conversations or really heard about them. But um, I'm sure, uh, you know, there's a lot of conversations going on at the national level and and um, and uh, kind of, you know, where do we go from here and what can we do as far as um, those uh those teams and those uh, those sports student athletes that were most affected by uh, having to shut everything down. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of those athletes affected, the seniors, you know, uh, in those spring sports whose whose final years, uh, at least right now, have been wiped out. The NCAA moved pretty quickly to grant uh, an extra year of eligibility for student athletes affected by the cancellations. H- how do you feel about that? Well, obviously, anything that's in the best interest of our student athletes, I'm going to be for, and and I know that there's conversations as to. Now, that is something that I do know there are conversations going on as far as what are the the options and and what are some of the things that we can do to um, for those seniors and and for those sports and and so I I, I think um, those. Um, you know, that situation is going to become clear probably sooner than later because, I mean, you do have seniors that are, are, are graduating and, and have uh, jobs lined up and some of ours are going pro or plan to play, uh, turn pro. And and so um, I, I think everybody recognizes that the sooner that they can get the information they need to know whether they they're they're going to come back or not the better and and so hopefully uh the those uh you know those details will be ironed out fairly quickly yeah so still a lot of logistics to sort out at the ncaa level yeah nothing's easy i mean you know there's always uh you know uh consequences associated with whatever you do and uh but i think the you know, the, the focus is on uh, what's in the best interest of the student athlete. Uh, Todd, I know tech fans also uh, are interested in, in what financial impact there may be on the department as a result of uh, uh, of the coronavirus affecting the, the spring sports seasons. What can you tell us about that? Well, uh, you know, we're in the process now of uh, trying to figure that all out because, you um, you know, with the uh, with the NCAA, uh, I think you know close to ninety percent of 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 the NCAA distribution to to its member institutions comes from the uh, men's basketball tournament. So, with that not taking place, it's obviously going to affect that, and and the ACC basketball tournament. Um, not being able to take place in its entirety. So, 
Um, you know, we're in the process of just trying to, you know, figure out what that impact's going to be and what our options are. And, and, uh, but at this point it's, it's still, uh, it's still too soon to tell because we're, we're having to wait on others to give us an idea of how they were impacted. And it kind of all trickles down from there. Yeah. Uh, it, could the blow be softened a little bit by the money that you get saved in travel for, for the spring sports for the rest of the academic year though? Yeah, I think, well, you know, basically in the things that we can control, I think that that is the case that, um, you know, without having our spring sports uh, go through a full season and and all the travel associated with that and the overhead, there is some savings there. Um, so I, I think it's really, and so I think that there'll be a, you know, kind of a trade off there. However, um you know, we'll have to wait and see, uh, you know, with the uh, the impact on the NCAA and the ACC, um, you know, those uh, those are numbers that that um, uh, will be pretty hard to offset uh, with with empty stadiums this spring. That also means that there are a lot of tickets that are going unscanned from from season ticket holders in baseball and some of the other sports. What, what are being done to to help accommodate those? Well, what we're doing as far as baseball is concerned is we're we're offering full refund and and um, our uh, our our ticket um, personnel are in the process of of contacting them and I you know for the purpose of this uh, uh, this podcast uh, if you're a season ticket holder of baseball and haven't heard from us yet um, call call our ticket line and and. Uh, a member of our ticket staff will, will will get with you and make sure that we get you taken care of. And I think, and that's eight 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 tech ticks. Um, but anyways, uh, the plan there is is to um, is really to offer our, our our baseball season ticket members, um, you know, a full refund for the cost of the season tickets as well as the associated tech fund. And then football season tickets. I know that the original renewal deadline was last Friday, March 20th, but that's been pushed back just to let allow people to take care of the important things in the real world and then turn their attention to, to, to getting their tickets again for the Jackets. Yeah, we, we, we've moved our deadline to April 3rd. And of course, we realize that there's a lot of moving you know, moving pieces to this. And so we want to be as flexible as we can be. And at the same time, be in a position that we're, we're uh, prepared for the fall um, as far as our seating and all those kinds of things are concerned. So um, if, if uh, any of our um, season ticket holders or people that are, are, are planning to purchase season tickets, um, but because of their situation would like to talk to us about, you know, maybe the, um, how uh you know the terms as far as what deadlines and and, and we want to be as flexible as possible um uh because heck uh some of these people have been with us for a long long time and uh we want and and we want to make make uh it as easy as possible for 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 everybody so um i urge people and again it's 888 tech um, you're thinking about buying season tickets, um, but you would like to discuss uh, whether it's a flexible payment option or renewal schedule or whatever. We we definitely want to talk that through with you. All right. So flexibility being offered and, and flexibility is certainly something that as a season ticket holder, 
uh, you can take advantage of when it comes to your football season tickets. Uh, I know you cut time. You've expressed your heartache uh, at the student athletes who had their seasons cut short abruptly, especially those seniors. But some of the accomplishments of the winter in spring sports, uh, as we do every time in the timecast, they are worth celebrating. And, and let's begin with basketball. Some strong ends to the season for both of those teams. Yeah, that was fun, both on the men's and the women's side. I, I mean, you know, and the men uh, had a season that, uh, you know, ended up 17 and 14, 11 and 9 in the ACC. Uh, first time 500 in ACC play since uh, 03, 04. And that's the year that we went and played for a national championship. Most ACC wins since 95, 96. Uh, Six of seven, uh, they won the six of their last seven and seven straight at home. I mean, that uh, it, it reminded me of, um, you know, when the Thriller Dome was rocking and uh, looking at that team. And of course, I, I hate it for James, James Banks, uh, our lone senior, but with um, uh, a majority of our, our offensive production uh, coming back and four of the five starters and, and, you know, a couple of the, the first guys off the bench also returning uh, really, really excited for uh, the direction of the men's basketball team, the women 20 and 11 overall 10 and eight in the ACC. Um, we expected to uh, be a tournament team based on how they finished the season and felt really good about going into the tournament and, and, uh, and, and we're kind of just, you know, waiting to see what was going to happen there. But um, they were four and three against nationally ranked teams. Um, and uh, just really, really exciting. Now, Fortner obviously has had those women playing at an extremely high level and, and really, really excited about the direction of that program. Um, and, uh, you know, hate hate it for uh francesca pond because i felt like she had really hit her stride late in the season and and uh you know was 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 going to lead us back to the tournament and uh but really uh both basketballs uh a lot a lot uh, definitely was a lot of fun this winter um indoor track bria matthews who um you know, uh, won her third ACC uh, championship in the triple jump, and uh, and Nicole Fegans uh, went in the ACC in the three thousand. Both uh, qualified for the, for nationals. Bria Matthews, of course, an incredible story. Uh, ACC champion as a freshman, um, ended up uh, with a severe leg injury that required a rod put in her leg, and really. Um, People thought, or the doctors and everybody thought that her career was over and um, rehab for two years, learned how to take off her other leg. And uh, and then last year won the uh, ACC championship. And then again, this uh, year won the ACC championship. So incredible story. Uh, Nicole Fegans, a uh, distance runner for us. All she did all year was break, uh, continue to break Georgia Tech records um first in the mile and then the 3000 meters and um uh was you know really coming into her own and then on and swimming and diving five NCAA national qualifiers um and um and just uh you know so the winter sports 
really ending up on a high and unfortunately um, went with, didn't get a chance to fully uh, participate in postseason, but a lot of really good things there. Then spring sports. I mean, women's tennis ranked eighth nationally. Unfortunately, senior Kenya Jones, who um, was uh, ranked in the top 20 um, as an individual, uh, was was uh, uh, you know ACC Player of the Week first three uh, in uh, in three weeks at the beginning of the season. We we really felt like we were positioned um, to have another run at a national championship there. Um, men's tennis, um, you know, off to a, uh, a, a pretty good start, um, really coming into their own once we were getting in the ACC, of course, they're, um, pre, you know, both tennis teams are playing a national schedule every year and, um, cause they're always playing at the highest level. So, uh, the, um, uh, men's team was, was really uh, getting into their own on in w- once we got the ACC play. Uh, Eileen Morales's uh, softball, uh, you know, won the first won their first ACC series of the season versus Boston College. Had a big win over Kentucky, um, which was ranked number eleventh, um, and so we were really seeing that team uh, develop in the, in the preseason, in the, the pre, uh, conference, um, uh, part of their schedule and baseball ranked for most of the year, uh, nationally, uh, two and one in the ACC, 11 and five overall, um, had just beaten, uh, Virginia tech. And then, um, and then avenged their last game. They avenged last year's heartbreaking regional loss to number 14 Auburn down there. So they were, you know, really developing the way that we expected them to. And then golf, number three in the country nationally, uh, three seniors um, that will all go down as, uh, you know, three of the best golfers in school history. And Andy Ogletree, who um, won the USAM, Luke Schneider-Jans and, and uh, Tyler Strafacci. Um, you know, you, you just hate it for all of our seniors. And, um you know, they had four wins and seven tournaments and, you know, they were just, you know, in my mind, you know, they were positioned and given the, the, the senior leadership on this team to, to compete for another national championship. So, you know, so many good things going on and it's just heartbreaking the way that, um, that uh, some of these teams weren't able to, you know, complete their seasons and especially the seniors completing their careers, but really, really um, proud of our, our teams and excited about the future. Hey, uh, well, Todd, as uh, we wrap up this, uh, this month's edition of the Toddcast, any, any last message for Georgia tech fans? Obviously we're all, um, you know, waiting this thing out together and, and looking forward to getting together, you know, as soon as, as possible uh, and safely as possible at, at Bobby Dodd stadium, wherever the yellow jackets are playing, but, is the AD any last message for them before we leave? Yes. Stay safe. Wash your hands often. Practice social distancing. Follow what our public health officials are telling us to do. Because the sooner we get this thing under control, the sooner we can get back to doing the things we love to do. And we can't wait to welcome everybody back to the flats with open arms when that happens. I truly believe we'll pull through this together and be able to come together as a Yellow Jacket family on September 3rd 
when we play the Clemson Tigers under the lights at Bobby Dodd. I wish you and your loved ones nothing but the best of health. Thank you for your continued support of our student athletes. Stay safe and remember, together we swarm. This public service announcement brought to you by Athletic Director Todd Stansberry. <laughs> and on that, <laughs> we conclude our uh, our social distancing edition of the Toddcast. Yeah, there is nothing in the playbook of podcasts for this either, Todd, but we appreciate you uh, letting Georgia Tech fans in and what's uh, been a, a tumultuous last couple of weeks for you and, and so many ADs around the country. And and we appreciate the uh, the leadership and the information. And, and hopefully uh, the next time we convene for a Toddcast, we'll uh, be speaking on, on more positive news, brighter news, and brighter days ahead. So we appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Once again, he's Todd Stansberry. I'm Andy Demetra. Make sure you like, listen, subscribe. Thanks for listening, everybody, to the Toddcast. <laughs>